Welcome to the latest First Focus podcast. Uh, today, we are going to be talking to Anthony Villas in our series of talking to business leaders with progressive practices who really, really walk the walk. So hi, Anthony. Great to see you. Hi, Lee. How are you doing? Okay. Yeah, not too bad at all, thanks. Uh, listen, I've said already uh, just how impressed I am with with the journey that you guys are on. We know each other from the circuit, of course, but um, just how far you guys have come in the last few years is just commendable. And the, the thing that really stands out for me is the beliefs you have within your business. And you've really sort of set that to action and, and gone B Corp. And I, I just wonder if you if you wanted to just quickly chat through the journey that you, that, A, the thought process, I guess, originally, but then the journey to getting fully credited B Corp. I think Rob and I, you know, we've we've built the business and, uh, you know, we're a chartered financial planning firm, which is great. And, you know, hopefully got a brilliant team and we've got great, great clients. And I think both of us were and are very committed to having a wider impact on the, the financial planning profession. So, you know, we sort of spent quite a lot of time thinking about how we do that. You know, there's a lot around education, financial education we wanted to, to achieve. So, and while we were thinking about this two or, two or three years ago, I, I sit on a, a sort of a meeting of minds, something called the Ideas Exchange, which is some fantastic financial planners on it. We meet every month and you'll know some of the people on that, Lee. And uh, B Corp came up as a, as a sort of discussion subject around, you know, what is it? Uh, how do you do it? And I just remember listening to it and thinking that sounds exactly like the sort of framework that we need to test ourselves against where we are at the minute, what we could be doing better, and then give us this sort of framework to, to improve going going forward. So that was it. I mean, that was probably, well, that's probably three years ago now. Um, so I went back to the office, asked Kerry to find out more. And then we, we started the process of looking at our business, making the application, filling out the spreadsheet, um, giving them the data they needed. And, you know, there was a lot of blind spots in that process for us around things we hadn't thought about. But I think one of the beautiful things about this, the process is it gives you, as I say, a framework to identify blind spots and then to, to look to how, to how you address them going forward. Mm, fantastic. So in, in a way then, because, because it's, it's quite a journey uh, with a lot of work, and yes. I guess that should never be underestimated. How long do you think it took you from kind of that date, the ideas exchange? And yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. I do know guys there. I remember it as the original group, of course. But yes, um, yeah. <laughs> um, how long do you think from that moment that you had at the ideas exchange to, to getting your certification? I reckon it was about two years, probably two or three months of sort of, here's the idea, let's find out more about it, uh, to into the process, the original research required, the data gathering, the bits that we hadn't thought about and addressed around how do you deal with that, how do you measure your environmental impacts, and a lot of it's just around recording what you do. So, you know, it's like everything. If, you know, if it's not written down type of thing, it doesn't happen. So a lot of the things they were asking for, we did kind of do, but there was no formalized process. And, you know, at that stage, we hadn't thought much about our environmental impact or measuring it, and certainly not about how we could sort of lessen our impact as well from an environmental perspective. So, yeah, a lot of the things we did well, um, I think our journey was probably longer than some, and I think that was partly due to the pandemic hitting around that sort of early 2000s. So that slowed down the process, but also just I think the sheer number of applications that B Corp uh, or B Labs were having, because I think more and more 
businesses, not just in financial planning, but across the sectors we're looking at this going, this is something that we would like to commit to. So sheer volume of applications. And I, I've seen a few firms recently posting on LinkedIn that have sort of said, you know, a couple of years to get the process. So I think that's that's probably where, where we are at the moment. Right. So thank you. And uh- and, and I guess that that's not just you doing it. Of course, you know you've got you've got a team working on this. How, how did it go down internally? Was was that was it an immediate? This is a great idea, or did it take some some discussion internally with with other stakeholders? To start with, it was fairly straightforward. I mean, really, the decision was made between the sort of the four Claire, Kerry, and myself and Rob. So because we're a small business, there are no really other stakeholders as such is kind of right we are the owners and the, the directors so do we agree this is a good idea and you know i think rob and carrie and claire are all very much focused on building a sustainable business that does stuff that's worthwhile so it was a fairly even yeah, fairly easy conversation to to commit to it um the hardest bit to be to be candid is keeping everyone on track um, because it did take such a long time and it required such a lot of effort this idea that you know, the questions were asked a few times, is this a worthwhile uh, use of our resources? You know, this I can see how much effort's going into this. Do we think this is the right thing to be doing? Um, and just keeping people motivated on that journey where, you know, we'd done some work, we then resubmitted things and we hadn't heard for, you know, a few months because of just the time that it took for the assessors to look at, again, what we were doing. So the initial decision to do it was very easy keeping everyone focused as we go through that journey probably a little bit more tricky just because it took so long but i think the wider team were very supportive and we tried to keep people sort of on track and sort of uh, communicating around what we were doing and how it was working and I, we were lucky that we had um, kerry and caroline uh, who were in the business at the time uh, helping drive that forward and particularly caroline was was fantastic at getting us across the line so uh, I think I'd like to say thank you again to those to Gary and Caroline for all their efforts at getting us to, to the B Corp status. Right. So so a real focus then on the project management, but also the potential for process fatigue. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's right. I mean the questions gives you a formula to work on, but um, some of it's easy, you know, some of it's very straightforward. What's your policy for this? What's your policy for that? No problem. Uh, right. Then it's into other things like, right, have, how do you document that? How Have we thought about this? Have we got any documentation that would work around it? Uh, if not, do we need to put that document together? You know, my view, Lee, a little bit on this is I wanted it to be what I'm going to call a naked assessment of our business. So yeah. rather than trying to fix all the holes, just go, let's put this in as we are, right? This is who we are. Let's make an application. And if we don't do it, let's just say we don't do it. And no, let's not try to spend too much time trying to create things that don't exist at the moment. Let's put the application in. And if we've got holes in that, let's see where we come up against the score. And obviously, if we can pass it, there's still a huge amount of opportunities to sort of progress things later on down the line. So we didn't spend too much time trying to invent things that didn't exist it was very much a if we've got it we've got it if we haven't let's just give them that's the appraisal and let's see how we get on yeah that, that kind of starting point i mean I, I love that phrase you know a naked assessment it's you, you and i've talked about this before with award entries in that the, they're a great way of kind of battle testing your business as to, you know yes. your peer group and what other people are doing just by the very nature of putting the content together to submit so i guess this is like that on steroids Yes, it is. It is. It is. Um, 
you know, I think the big difference, so the, the thing with the award entries and the interviews is you kind of know what's going to be asked because you've done it before and you sort of, you're on, you, you, you've got a feeling for the sort of areas you want to improve in your business. But with this, I think it was a lot of, uh, I call it was, I sort of, sort of call it the, um, wow, is that even a thing type moment? So you get asked about something on the, and you go, I had never even thought about that or I've never contemplated how our business would interact in that way or the impact it could or couldn't have. And that's a, you know, that's what I would describe as the blind spots. And I guess that's then the opportunities to, with everything in life, if you, the first point of uh, dealing with a blind spot is to identify the fact you've got it and then work out, right, what does that mean? And then how are we going to address it? But, you know, we all carry blind spots and that's the same for individuals and it's the same for companies as well. So what are they and a process that takes you i don't think i don't think those blind spots would ever have been identified in our business if we hadn't been through the b corp process because i just don't think we would have got to many of those things without going through going through that journey yeah because i i guess because you know you, you're too busy running a financial planning practice with everything that entails a regulated business and yeah and yeah with that uh, so it's i guess it's having the the time and also the incentive to look at those those spots that, that just wouldn't come up during the working day because you're too busy being a financial planner, I guess. Yeah, that's right. You just don't have the, you know, just say use the phrase, you don't have the bandwidth. So some of it's easy. You know, you, you know, we spend all our time fixating about how we deliver great financial planning advice to our clients. And we're very focused on that. You know, we were very focused on the team and making sure that we provide, you know, the most flexibility and benefits. So again, that was a fairly easy bit for us. Governance is fairly straightforward. You know, we're a, we're a regulated financial planning firm, so there's a high level of governance in our business and reporting. Anyway, but as I say, some of the how do we interact with our community? We sort of made some starters with that, with some of the financial education we're doing, but it probably gave us an opportunity to think, well, actually, there is a bigger picture here around how we sort of expand that going forward. Um, and then, as I say, the environmental impact for us was was the biggest challenge because we you know, we didn't. We didn't really measure our CO2 emissions. Uh, we didn't therefore know what scope one, scope two, scope three are. We're still sort of grappling with particularly the scope three stuff as well. Um, but yeah, the first bit, how do you measure it? How do you then reduce it? How do you then offset it if you can't reduce it? That was something we'd never really spent any time thinking about at, at all. So it was, a, it was actually a very enlightening experience. Great. So I, I guess having got there, um, it's it's kind of it's a destination, but I, I guess you're on a journey still. And I, I guess there's there's probably you know there'll be periodic assessments to say you're still on track. I guess. Yeah, that's right. We every three years is a sort of uh, official uh, resubmission of the application to, to to make sure you're still meeting the standards and hopefully to improve them as well. Mm, great, and, and I guess they'll be learning on their side as well. Yes. Yes. So internally, and then I guess then we'll move through to externally, but internally, there must be a huge amount of internal pride at having achieved this and been one of the very first um, financial planning practices in the UK to have achieved this. Yeah, there is. I think we're, you know, obviously really, you know, really delighted to get the certification. And, you know, I look at the businesses that have got it, you know, Paradigm Norton and EQ Investors. I mean, they're two of the businesses I have probably some of the most respectful, I think, Profession leaders, so I look at those guys, and we learn, you know, we learn from them each day, and it's it's their great business. So to be in the sort of same same arena as those is is is, is great. Um, but you know, I think uh, I think it's opened our eyes to the desire and the want to really commit to doing more in terms of what we can do as a B Corp for. Well, all of those aspects, you know, what can we? We've, we're committed to becoming a sort of net zero business by 2030. Again, that's 
that is involve a lot of thought around measuring, reducing, uh, offsetting. And I think the financial world struggles, particularly with scope three. It's very easy to measure your, you know, your impact in terms of your energy use and maybe your travel arrangements and things like that. When you're starting to think about what's the impact of the carbon emissions of the companies you're investing in through the funds you're investing in, then that becomes a much bigger picture. I, I, no one's really worked it out yet, but it's great to be part of that conversation around, right, how do you work this out? How do you then deal with it? You know, is that something that people are grappling with as we, as we speak? So it's the same around the client stuff. You know, how do you measure the impact that you have on a client? And we kind of know that that's not really the performance of their portfolio. We kind of know that that's the case, but we know that, that if that's not the case, what is the impact you have on a client? And, you know, I think I'm, I'm very much focused on, I think, the, the bit around the well-being, financial well-being. I think we'll have more and more precedent in the market as we grow. So how do we decode financial well-being? How do we then put it into our financial planning strategy so that we could deliver financial well-being on an ongoing basis, but we can also measure it? So that's something we're really focused on. Um, around the team, we do a lot of benefits already, you know, around uh, well-being allowances, flexible working arrangements. You know, we try to be a very sort of uh, a good employer from that perspective. We're going to be putting in place an EMI share option scheme because, again, we want to widen the equity holdership of the company beyond Rob and I. We really want everyone to be participating in that and feeling part of the company that we're, you know, we're looking to to build. And then we've got, you know, the community side. We've got a brand uh, that's called Let's Talk About Money, which is a financial education brand. So that runs on Instagram at the moment as a free service, getting information out to Gen Z and millennials around good money habits. Um, you know, you know, I know that there's a lot of bad stuff that's out there in the minute around cryptocurrency and, you know, trading share options or not share options, sort of uh, Forex and things like that. Opportunities for people to lose money very quickly. So, you know, as a chartered financial planning firm, can we be the voice of reason to say, actually, guys, this is the way that you should be thinking about your finances? And delivering that through, you know, some of the younger members of the team who look and feel a bit more like the audience that we're like trying to talk to. So that's what we're doing at the education side at the minute. We're also looking to build some financial education courses um, that will be distributed via potentially some of our uh, influencer clients that we have on social media. So trying to talk to a really big range of, uh, of people and get some maybe five to 10 videos of basic financial planning, basic financial well-being, and then look to scale that up as well. So that's something we're super excited about. And I think there's a big need for it. And I think the challenge we have normally with education is around, you know, going into a school or speaking to a small number of people is, is fantastically worthwhile, but you're probably talking to 20 or 30 people. So how do you deliver that message at scale? And I think that's where the social media bit is really exciting. Getting people on side who are like-minded influencers to say, there's an opportunity here to do things well. You know, I am someone who can influence people in a positive way. We're working with First Wealth. There's someone who cares about this space. Can we then distribute that to 500,000 Instagram followers rather than 20 people in a room? And that's what we're really, that's the bit that we're, Rob and I are particularly focused on. Brilliant. Brilliant. So big ambitions there. Yeah, and, and, really. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and, and I guess if you look at the growth of both Instagram and TikTok yeah. for that kind of short form video messaging, it, it, the potential is huge, isn't it? 
It's absolutely massive. Yeah. You know, the direction of travel we're into at the minute is get the, well, the social media bit is working as it is. Right. The next stage, we're right in the middle of this conversation. Right. How do we build these educationary programs? And it could just be a you know, course, £100, £200. 10 videos, delivering the basics of film and financial well-being, whatever it is, and then with the ability to, well, we've also got a course in investments, we've got a course in pensions. So the ability for people to get involved as more if they, if they see fit. But, you know, I am very interested in the idea around delivering financial advice through some sort of technology. When I'm, you know, we're building some uh, technology at the minute, which is really designed to be automating financial advice, very much evidence-based financial planning rather than financial evidence-based investing. But I think the next step is financial uh, planning, evidence-based. So can we get to the stage that you know, something like Let's Talk About Money becomes a digital automated financial planning firm um, that basically runs on a subscription model where it will be a hybrid model, uh, tech doing the heavy lifting, but maybe a check-in with an advisor you know, on a regular basis or whatever, whatever it is. So we're not at that stage yet. The software is running in the background, but that's, that's where we want to end up with this to say First Wealth will continue to do its thing and it will hopefully continue to support higher net worth, traditional well-being, wealth type clients, entrepreneurs. But our social purpose is potentially looking to close the advice gap by a, you know, a very different type of business model. So we're excited about what we're trying to do. Okay, brilliant. So you, you talked you talked about your traditional client, your you know your high net worth, your yep, entrepreneurs, yep. that type of um, client that that's sitting with first wealth. It'd be interesting to see the, or hear about the reaction from from those clients to your B Corp and and just everything else that you're doing. I think hugely positive. I mean, we are messaging clients. I mean, we send out you know a regular week a sort of monthly newsletter about what we're trying to do. So, you know, we try to build a community with our t- with our clients and our team. So, you know, we might send out articles around end of tax year stuff, but a lot of it's around that's fine. We're doing that, but meet the team. This is what we're doing from an environmental perspective. This is what a B Corp is. This is how we're sort of trying to build a sort of gender neutral business. This is our diversity and inclusion policy. This is how we're doing with the environment. And I think it's been very well received by existing clients and you know i get we pick up a lot of new clients who have found us via website via linkedin or around some of our marketing around being a b corp as well so you know we talked about education financial well-being I, the, the whole business the purpose-led businesses is, is, a, is a movement that i think is going to gather in pace so you know, we want to be talking directly to those other companies in the space this is what we've done this is what you're doing they might be in very, very different sectors, but I think there's a, a sort of an immediate trust that is built between companies that are doing things in the right way. So it's a huge opportunity for us to, to, to grow into that space. Yeah, fantastic. So so just just talk a little bit about your marketing. I mean, that, that's one of my big interests, of course, but how you take your messaging out. I mean, you're talking about videos for education, but with your traditional clients, yeah. beyond the website and the monthly newsletter, what, what other things are you doing? Because this, this is quite a big, it's been a huge commitment in time and, and because time always has a cost as well to get to B Corp status. How have you taken that message out uh, to your existing clients? Um, I think, well, just to say, just through the ongoing, you know, the ongoing regular comms that we're, we're putting out, and that's the newsletter. We do a lot, as I say, a lot on social media. So we're on all the channels, you know, the usual LinkedIn, you know, that I'm sort of quite heavily on LinkedIn talking about these sorts of things. So I think we try to do two things, really. It's kind of, you know, if you look at our website, very much around who are the key type of clients we want to talk to. So the main three personas we have are entrepreneurial, professional clients, you know, a lot of lawyers and accountants, and then retired 
people retire uh, reaching a retirement so we produce videos to talk to those people around the services that we offer but there's a big piece on there around you know i'll be doing my bit about purpose and why you know why we are a b corp and how we how we sort of look to grow the business and what that's all about we put out quite a lot around things like let's talk about money as, as well i think our our marketing is 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 pretty sophisticated for a small you know i still think we're you know we and we are we're a small business still but you know we're very much into the tech that goes with again i'm very much into the idea of evidence-based marketing so you know the who's the message who is seeing these messages how are you targeting them what's the user experience like in terms of the journey on the website automated ctas around booking meetings in video consultation phone books uh, so phone calls about emails so and you can get massive I and mean, you probably know the, the insight that you can get from just an email address uh, is is absolutely vast so you know some of the stuff we're doing around you know paper pay-per-click advertising around personas is, is hugely valuable as well so it's kind of all of those things it's what do we stand for what are our main services wealth management financial planning coaching who are the people we're talking to entrepreneur retired uh, professional and then getting those messages out but also trying to highlight so rather than financial planning led just exclusively we do a lot around the cultural diverse wealth the b corp side of things going this is what we stand for so hopefully if your values align with first wealth then we should be a good fit to be a financial planner. So let's have a conversation. There's nothing to lose. And we'll see how we go from there. So that we, we try to do a lot around the culture side of the, the marketing. Yeah, and, and that's and that's very evident, you know, from, from the output I see from, from you guys, which which I always enjoy. In fact, interestingly, I think I've got an email from you today. Um, yes, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm on the mailing list. So there you go. So that's fantastic. Good man, good man, good man. <laughs> um, in, in terms of just coming back internally for a second, do you, do you think – I mean, I think this is probably a self-evident answer, but in terms of one of the big issues we've always had in financial services is attracting people in and keeping them, particularly yeah. younger people who may not have had much much thought of joining financial services as a career or perhaps not financial planning as a, as a career. Yeah. Do you see this as a key part of your recruitment and retention strategy? A hundred percent. So um, I, I sort of say this half flippantly, but some of it's probably quite true. I wouldn't say it otherwise. That you get fantastically young, vibrant, brilliant people looking at financial planning and looking to get into the profession. You then put them down and say, right, I want you to spend the next year dealing with letters of authority on the phone to Prudential or you know whoever or, you know one of these sort of SIP providers, uh, and there it is demoralising, right? It is it eats the soul out of you to do that so that is that's the reality so the compliance the suitability letters the heavy lifting it's it's tiresome it's tedious we know that it needs to be done and we understand the reasons why that it needs to be done as well so that's the bit that causes people to come in with energy and i think that energy gets beaten out of people so that what we need to try to do is to say look that's an important part of the job but there are some other things that you can be getting involved with it hopefully that will just lift your mood and give you some sense of purpose that's doing doing that so for example you know we will have we have a shadow board in the company so you know rob claire and i and kerry we run the main part of the business but we have a shadow board which is four of the other members of the team they meet months a month as well talking to the rest of the team, right, what can we do as a business to improve how you feel about coming to work? So that's one thing that we, we do. We get the team involved in the B Corps. There's a B Corp committee as well. So we meet every once in a while in terms of, right, what are we doing? How can we look to improve? What's our impact on the environment? What are we doing about diversity and inclusion, et cetera, et cetera. So that is something that they can have a positive impact on. We have the same with let's talk about money. So four of the team 
help drive the Instagram content that we're doing at the minute. So they will meet regularly while well, what's going out, producing the content, either writing things or doing videos to get that out on the Instagram sort of messaging as well. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to, and same with the internship, we run a summer internship. One of the team has, was the original intern. They're very keen to give other people an opportunity to pay that back as well. So, right, if you're passionate about that, you run it for us. You, you, you create the website page, the landing page. You get out there. You message. You be the person that people come to for that internship. So, the day-to-day paperwork, the heavy lifting, the tough stuff that can put people off, to say it needs to get done but if we can layer that with some stuff that's interesting exciting maybe fits with people's mission statements and purpose in life things that they're passionate about then hopefully that will just encourage them to get involved and roll their sleeves up and then be part of what we're trying to trying to do at first wealth brilliant well listen i think that's probably a great way to end um i mean again you and i have spoken many times but congratulations again on such a fantastic achievement thank you business and i wish you every success for the future it's very kind of you All right. Cheers, Lee. Take care. Nice to speak to you. I'd like to thank all the listeners um, who've taken the time to listen to this First Focus podcast. We hope to see you again for the next episode.